0: Thanks. Thanks, Eddie. Also, it's just wonderful. I don't know if you noticed this or not this morning, but just the individuals that you saw and all the people that are in behind the scenes that are making Arlington Woods what it is. It's just fabulous. It's just amazing to see all the great things that are happening um, and all the great leadership. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm thinking about you, uh, Grant and Mary Elsie, as you start do your kind of first live service in quite a while. And um, we want to pray for you and what uh, Launch Point is doing tonight as you launch out for this service. And uh, I just would like to do that now. Father, I just thank you so much for, for Launch Point, this uh, new church plant. Well, it's not so new, but um, lots of things have happened since they started. And we just lift them up and that as they start their first live service, that you just are um, in-person service, Lord, that you just would bless them and that it would be just a wonderful time um, of growth and uh, give them strength and vigor as they meet together tonight and as they uh, begin this launch. We pray for, for um, your presence especially. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As so I look out, I just see there's uh, some folks that are visiting it with us, and we're just really, we're just super excited that you're here today. And um, take time to drop by the Welcome Center and pick up the Welcome Packet. I think also it gives you a coffee or a tea or something at the, at the cafe, and um, please stay and uh, get chances to talk to a few folks. We are talking these days from Philippians, and we're working through the book of Philippians, and we're, we've titled this series, Living Well living well. As we see this letter from Paul to the um, people of um, Philippi, we see them, uh, we see him as he um, is encouraging this church that he helped to establish. You can see that in Acts chapter 16, verses 11 to 15, talks about that. He's encouraging them to continue their work for the gospel, and one of the topics that he's talking about is humility we think about the word humility, if I were to ask to kind of go around and hold the microphone, what what do you think are some of the things that you would say as far as what would be a definition of humility or a person who is humble? What would be some of the things that you would say as far as individuals that would be humble or exhibit humility? Others first. Sorry. <laughs> That's what you were. You were slow to speak. <laughs> Thanks for stepping up and jumping out of your being a humble state. True, they are, they're slow to speak. Okay? Here's something over here. Don't brag about what you have. We know some people that do that, especially south of the border. There's... Um, not mentioning any names. The antithesis of what I think is humility. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sure I'm going to get some, some uh, emails on that one. Now, when we think of this word humility, there's all kinds of different ideas. And certainly, there are different ideas as much from the, not so much from the Christian community, but there's a difference between the Christian community and the worldview of humility. We would think of a person being humble would be uh, the person that instead of showboating after taking a great goal, jogs off to the bench without showboating. We also think of someone who's humble when they deflect praise. It's not about them, but it's about others, which uh, Bethany talked about. All of these, no doubt, are part of what it means to be humble. But as with the difference, we want to talk about um, this morning particularly about what, what the Christian view of humility is. This passage is probably one of the most rich, deep passages of Scripture. I I love, I love this passage of Scripture. Um, Christian humility is based in Jesus himself. So if you want to know what it means to be humble, then then take a look at who Jesus is. That's what this passage is, is pointing back towards. So living a life of humility... The first point that we're going to talk about this morning is, is there's this goal of humble unity. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. Who's speaking? Paul. Make my joy complete, he says, by being like-minded, having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind. Of who? Christ. Of Christ. The foundation for unity is union with Christ. Paul says that there are huge benefits from our close connection to Christ. There is this comfort from his love. There is the common sharing of his spirit that inhabits us. And there is tenderness and compassion we have come we have comfort from knowing that he loves us with an unimaginable kind of love and if we don't fully understand that then we're going to better understand what he means by that love in a few verses we have encouragement because we share his spirit collectively in dwelling us so we have that in common his spirit the Spirit helps comfort us by speaking the truth of His Word into our hearts and into our minds. It's like we have this ability collectively, together, interconnected by the Spirit, to continue to move forward in a direction. It is, it is Christ that is the center, which is the foundation for unity, and also draws us towards being humble. The second point of being this, for the goal of humble unity, is the description of unity. It's being of one mind, single-mindedness. Now, it doesn't mean that we will or should see everything the same way. Marriage relationship is is a wonderful example of that. As much as I try, Julie does not think the same way that I think. (laughs) To which I say, and she says, thank God. God is wise in how He brings us together in these relationships. And I mean that authentically, thank God. Because it is by His providence that He pulls us together. And as different as we are, it is amazing. In a good marriage, even though we have differences, in the end, we're of one mind moving in that direction. Even though we see things differently, the ultimate goals. And we seek to achieve them. Likewise, what Paul is commanding the church of Philippi is a unity of mind. We know that we're to preach the gospel. That is our goal. But how do we do that may look different for each of us. In our study from um, Discovery Class 401, when we talk about discovering um, evangelism, how to, discovering our mission, how to share our faith, there are a zillion different ways for us to share our faith. But the important thing is what? Is that we share our faith. Some of you are bold. Some of you have no problem just kind of going right at it. If you don't like it, move over, I'm gonna go to the next person. Meanwhile, some of us are maybe a little bit more quiet, maybe a little bit more um, uh, relational, and we we want to build relationships and helping people. Paul relates God's relationship to us to our relationships with each other. And having this same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, our unity is God-centered. And the result of that is um, humility. The second thing that we want to talk about this morning is we have this goal of humble unity, and then we have a a method of humility, which is selflessness. Selflessness. Think of this do nothing at a selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of the others i'm getting some feedback a little bit up here that passage is amazing when you really think about it do nothing at a selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. We should look or strive to be selfless rather than selfish. We know some people that are on the side of being selfish. Do you like being around them? Not really. The humble person yields himself to Christ to be a servant, to use what he is and has For the glory of God and for the good of others. For the glory of God and for the good of others. Not so that I can bring this into myself. When we focus on others instead of ourselves, we follow Jesus who is our great example. Paul says to put off selfish ambition and vain conceit. These things tend towards disunity. There's two things he tells us to do. It's not the first time that he talks about things like this. But he says to put off selfish ambition and vain conceit. Selfish ambition has caused us to do many things that sever unity. Vain conceit destroys unity. Baseless boasting is like someone who brags about having money but is always borrowing money from you. And you can drive a wedge into your friendship. We are to put off those desires. We're to throw them off like we would dirty clothes at the end of a day. So we throw those things off, but we put on humility. Paul says, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Let that sink in just for a second. Value others above yourselves. Humility isn't where we think lowly of ourselves because we're weak or broken. Rather, it's a, it's a mindset of esteeming others' needs and their desires above our own. We see them for who they are and all that they can be. We put on humility by viewing their interests and tending to them, taking care of them. Who does that sound like? I think it should sound like Jesus. Jesus. Notice Paul says that each of you, Paul says each, each of you, not just a certain office in the church, not just the leaders, not just the men, not just the women, not just the children, but all of us, all of God's children are to do this. All of us are called to be humble, to bring unity, The third thing is the model of humility is Jesus. This particular portion of the scripture gets me every time. Verses 5 to 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross it gets me every time here we have some of the most wonderful and incomprehensible truths that boggle our minds and stir our hearts. In our relationships, have this mindset that Paul says that Jesus had. There is this thought, this this glorious height of Jesus' glory, verse 6. Jesus thought of others, not himself, when he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that. The first verse encourages us to have the same mindset as Jesus when it comes to our relationships. Our mindset refers to our attitudes. Our attitude shapes our behavior. And by having a mindset mindset like Christ, we're striving to act like Christ. It begins by having a mindset like Christ. To invite the Holy Spirit To work in us as we talked about at the beginning that unity that the the, um, the power of the Holy Spirit that brings comfort and Encouragement to us so that we can be like him and That we can be humble like him We do understand and sometimes we need to be reminded that that Jesus was God but or rather, he didn't use his status as the creator of the universe to get what he wanted. He didn't think of himself. He thought of you. He thought of me. And as I think that as he stretched out his arms on the cross, it was you and me that was on his mind. It was you and me. This whole thought of, of a concept of thinking of others is so critical. How easy it is for us to get on the computer and just fire out all kinds of different stuff, and not really actually thinking about how it's going to interact, how it's going to be received. How important it is for us to really think about others more than we think of ourselves. What would Jesus do? The whole concept of thinking about others is so critical. Verse six: Who, being in very nature, in very nature, God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. You, or Jesus, is God. You and I, as fallen human beings, cannot comprehend the infinite height of God. The Son's glory. The selfish ambition and vain conceit that you and I are tempted, tempted to often is ridiculous in comparison to the humility of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. That He would be willing to leave all the comforts of heaven to come here for you and for me. Ah, the great humility and the lack of pride, the lack of conceitedness, that he considered others far greater than himself. His desire was for you all the while, so that things would be accomplished in you. We cannot imagine the heights from which Jesus, God's, God's Son, stepped down into our world, into humanity. Can I even begin to to fathom that? Yet this was the mindset of Christ who came to serve. Jesus served others. He was God-man. He was deity and humanity. He was united in one, and he came to be your servant. Think of the difference between God, the one who created everything, and his son that was part of that, and us in our humanness and humanity. And there are times when we find it hard to serve one another on this level. But at a far greater degree and level, God the Father and God the Son, leaves the comfort of heaven to come down to our level and to serve us. Not just to be among us, but to serve. That's not the end of the story. Jesus sacrificed himself for the sake of others. We we struggle to serve others because it's a sacrifice. God the Father, God the Son, sacrifice because it's worth it. There is this unimaginable depth of Jesus' lowliness. His lowliness, Philippians 2, 6, and 8. Who being in very nature God The height from which Jesus descended, we definitely cannot begin to fathom the depth to which he came. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he were rich, yet he became poor. That through his poverty, you might become rich. Let this be in you, Paul tells us, which also was in Christ that Jesus Christ is our model. Should this passage of Scripture make any difference to our family relationships? Should this passage of Scripture make any difference to the way that you interact with the person that you, that you see when you go shopping or to the mall? Should this make any difference in your work environment? And Paul would say that with a resounding yes, Should it make any difference with the way that we serve and we interact with one another here in this church? I believe it does. We're to be people that are marked by being humble, by being full of humility. Final thing is the destination of humility is glorification. Verses 9 to 11. Think about all as you have followed Jesus as he's wound through this passage of Scripture and then where he ends up. Left all of glory to come to, to earth. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge it, Jesus Christ. Is the Lord to the glory of God the Father all of this points towards us moving uh, in a direction of bringing glory to God as we become more like Jesus as we serve like Jesus as we sacrifice like Jesus we become and we point people to Jesus we point people to God and God gets the glory for that when we put things towards ourselves when we are self-seeking, when we're full of conceit, we don't characterize humility, then we point people away from Jesus. I don't know that very many people want to be around individuals that are full of pride. I don't know that they do. Or people that lack humility. There's something about us that makes us sweet. There's fragrance about us when we are, we are people of that, that when we are people of humility, or people that are humble. Christ in His life practiced humility, and as a result, received the reward of God the Father. There's something that comes from it. Not to make anybody feel guilty. There's something that happens to us when we are people that are marked with this level of humility. There's something that happens inside of us. And there's, there's this joy that comes our way. We are called to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We do this by following the steps of Jesus the Son of God, King of kings, and Lord of lords. I I would say to us this morning as a wrap-up that that really, if if you want joy in your life, then you must seek God with all of your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and allow this humility, this humble spirit to permeate your whole life. Be like Jesus, who was humble. Let's bow our heads. Reminded of a song this morning, a hymn I Stand Amazed in the Presence of Jesus the Nazarene. I stand amazed this morning, Father, as I think about Jesus, and I think about the life that he lived, the life that he left, the life that he lived, and then the life as he sits at the right hand of God the Father. There's so many ways that I want to be like him And yet there are challenges in my life that I find it difficult to be like him. But I humbly bow before you, Father, not only for myself, but for others here this morning who desire that level of humility that you would help them to not only seek it, but to find it. Help us often to come back to this passage of Scripture as a reminder of not to be so full of ourselves. What we need is more of Jesus in our hearts. What the world needs is more of Jesus in our hearts. We pray for a change in the world around us. And we know that the only one that can make a difference in our world today is Jesus. So more of Jesus, I plead, more of Jesus in my heart more of Jesus in the hearts of my friends who worship here this morning. May we be more like Jesus in all ways.